Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Scott Goldbranson and Mo. It's time for another edition of Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast covering your Las Vegas Raiders. And to do that, I introduce you to my partner, and he is Mo Moten, senior NFL writer at Bleacher Report, also the Raiders columnist at sportsnot.com. You can follow him on x.com. I got a lot of .coms in there. At M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. And I am Scott Branson, your host as well. You can follow me on X as well. LV Gully is the handle. The show is SNB Today. Uh, Mo, wow, Sunday, Raiders, no points, um, three to nothing loss. As I told Murph on the post game, I finally know what it's like to cover soccer, right? I mean, three yeah. to nothing. It You can't get those three hours of your life back. Uh, there's no question, but I think that there's a lot of things to talk about here and a lot of them are very obvious uh, and I think that for for those people who cover their team, and I know a lot of a lot of folks out there, not necessarily our listeners or viewers, uh, a lot of folks out there like to pit the media against the fans and all this jazz and all that. We're not here to do that, but I will say that I think overall it's it's a pretty easy assessment of what's going on with the Raiders. Dave and I've said it, and I've gotten criticized in the past. The Raiders lack some talent in key areas, no question about that, and we'll talk about some of those today. Uh, but then also at the coaching position, they fire their coach. Antonio Pierce is the interim head coach, comes in, wins two games, and now he's lost three in a row. Under, I want to set the stage here, Mo, when Josh McDaniels was fired as coach, the offense was averaging a paltry 16.5 points per game. Since that time, since Pierce took over, made Aiden O'Connell the starter quarterback, which we all degree, agreed was the right decision, They've now dipped to 15 and a half points. So they've actually gotten worse in five games since Josh McDaniels is gone. Um, look, it's not about 
it's not about <clears throat> defaming the man or 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 not appreciating what he did and stepped into a difficult situation. But when you look at what's not working for the Raiders, you have to look at the coaching. You have to look at the players. And pr- primarily for me, you have to look at the quarterback position. Uh, things just aren't going the, the direction that the Raiders need to do what is the point of the entire operation. The point of the Raiders is what Al Davis said and coined the phrase, which is just win, baby. Okay? They are not winning. They are not competitive. People say they're competitive, Mo, because they lost three to nothing. They had no first downs in the second half, and they had eight first downs in the entire game. This is, while maybe not as bad as the Carolina Panthers, it's in that range. They can't score points. They are at 29th in the league. Uh, I'm just, I guess I'm struck by some folks just not seeing what I'm seeing. You know why some folks don't see what you see, Scott? Because they're fans and they're loyal, and I get it. Because some of them, not all of them, some of them want Antonio Pierce to be the head coach by any means necessary. So they're reluctant to point out some of the faults with this team because they know that that's going to go on on Antonio Pierce's resume as he's applying or interviewing for the head coaching position. I I just want to say this, right? And I put this out on the X. No matter, you know, how much you like Antonio Pierce, Love Antonio Pierce. And I'm not putting this loss all in on Antonio Pierce. But as the head coach, you're in a CEO type position. You cannot say, oh, it's not Antonio Pierce's fault. It's all Bo Hardegree's fault because he's the offensive play caller. No, that doesn't fly because I've listened to plenty of press conferences with John Harbaugh. When the Ravens don't play well, he gets on the podium and says, I'm the head coach. I have to get my team ready. Mike Tomlin is not a play caller. When the Steelers lose embarrassingly like they lost against the Patriots on Thursday, he gets he steps to the podium and says, my fault, I'm the head coach. To Antonio Pierce's credit, he didn't skirt responsibility. I'm not blaming Antonio Pierce because remember, no. we got on Josh McDaniels for not taking accountability. Correct. Antonio Pierce takes accountability. That's Every not time. my criticism. My criticism is of people who are willing to give him the out, the escape rope to say, it's not Antonio Pierce because he's not a play caller. And I say that's BS because he is the head coach. When you're a head coach, when you're leading a company, you can't, if someone asks you, well, how are sales for your company for the month of December? You can't say, well, I did my job, but this department over here didn't perform well, but that wasn't me. That was that department. No, you're running the whole operation. That department is under you. So you you have to take responsibility for that as well. So for the people willing to give Antonio Pierce an out there, doesn't make any sense. Stop giving him excuses. That's number one. Number two, I'll say this really quick, Scott. Mm-hmm. I understand the Raiders have a first-time play caller. I understand they have a rookie quarterback. But in that game against the Minnesota Vikings, the Minnesota Vikings made a quarterback change in the fourth quarter when it's still 0-0. They went to Nick Mullins. The Raiders had a chance to go to Jimmy Garoppolo, a more experienced quarterback, who, can count, who, who in my opinion, can counteract some of the inexperiences of your play caller. So Jimmy Garoppolo can get to the line and make some changes because he's seen a lot more than Aiden O'Connell, where Aiden O'Connell may be more handcuffed to the play call because he's a rookie still learning on the job. Remember, you brought this up in a previous show. You 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 posed this question. At what point do the Raiders go with Jimmy Garoppolo? And I said, you got to ride it out, right? But if it's 0-0 and you're fighting for your, your playoff lives 
and Aiden O'Connell isn't doing much and your offense is producing a goose egg, that is the one situation where I say, well, maybe you throw in Jimmy Garoppolo also because the Vikings haven't prepared for Jimmy Garoppolo. They prepare for Aiden O'Connell. So you can kind of catch a defense off guard by bringing in a quarterback they didn't primarily prepare for during the week. Correct. And that does not mean that you go to Garoppolo there late in the game against the Vikings and then start him the next week. That's not that's not exactly. what the point was. The point exactly. was to get a change of pace. What you were doing was not working. The door said pull and you kept pushing. So so do you do something different or do you keep pushing the door? Antonio Pierce kept pushing the door. And after the game, I guess what the first question was from the media was? Was, did you consider going to Jimmy Garoppolo? I'm going to quote Coach Pierce. No, poor performance coaching. Starts with myself, starts with the coordinator, quarterback, and so on. Just bad overall. Second question. No inclination to go with Jimmy Garoppolo? Coach Pierce will eval- evaluate everything going forward. So I don't know what that means. Does that mean he's considering Jimmy Garoppolo starting? I don't think so, but we'll see. Now, the other thing is, to your point about people making excuses and, and wanting Coach Pierce, who is a good dude. Mm-hmm. So don't come at me with crap about not liking Antonio Pierce. They asked him about how the offense has regressed and how it regressed during a bye week. And he said, quote, no excuse there. It's shocking. Plenty of time to prepare for their opponent. We knew what they did. Nothing new. Just again, poor coaching, poor performance by the players. And it starts with myself. So to your point, and and he's a he's a man. He's a man. He's, He's exactly what you want in a man, which is when you don't perform well, you take responsibility. Mm-hmm. He took responsibility, but yet people, mm-hmm. folks out there, some of our listeners who I love our listeners, even when we disagree, are out there defending it and saying it's not his fault when he says it's his fault. So I, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> and I think it's crazy. The man himself is admitting it, but yet people don't want to admit it, which is fine. But I will say this, that if you look at what's happened, the head coaching, and, and Murph and I talked about this in the postgame show. Murph was talking, well, not all the coaches know X's and O's and all that, but yes, they have the, the game plan, okay? The game plan. Yes, you're not, maybe you're a defensive coach like Antonio Pierce, and you're not as familiar with offensive schemes as, let's say, an offensive-minded coach. That's fine. That's why you have your coordinator. That's why you have position coaches. That's what you do. It, but it's, it's your response to your point. You can't blame a bad quarter if you're a public company on your marketing department and get away with it. It's your responsibility, there's a mm-hmm. sign on your desk that says the buck stops here. So, mm-hmm. and, and deficiencies in players, not having this person, not having that person, doesn't matter. Antonio Pierce was given a nine-game audition, period. He accepted it, by the way. He walked in knowing that team better than any of us do. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that, it just thus far does not look good for him, especially after this game. I think this really, any chance... That he had, and I, of course he's still going to interview for the job, Bo. But any chance that he had at this job, I think, got a lot slimmer after a three to nothing loss, the first Raiders shutout, them being shut out since 2012. Scott, there's just no excuse for an offense going into the bye week struggling and then coming out of the bye week on the other side being worse. That in itself is an indictment on the coaching and execution. And Antonio Pierce owned it, and he should. Mm-hmm. So to his credit, we're, again, we're, I'm not criticizing Antonio Pierce for lack of accountability. No. He's taking accountability. 
I'm talking to the people who are trying to give him a pass for the Raiders offense or the Raiders team, not look not just offense, but the team defense is playing well. But to produce three to produce nothing, zero points, after knowing your after having two weeks of preparation to 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 game plan for the Vikings. And I know the Vikings didn't have a great outing either, but the Vikings had 16 first downs and the Raiders had eight. <laughs> eight first downs. And as I said, Kevin O'Connell, the Vikings head coach, made an executive decision to put Nick Mullins out there, and it worked for them because it got them in field goal range so they can win the football game. At the end of the day, you're just trying to win football games. Here's the other excuse I saw, right? Oh, they don't want to put Jimmy out there because Jimmy has the injury clause where, where if he gets hurt, Raiders are on the hook next year for his money. And, and to that I say – these coaches don't even know if they're going to be there next year. You think they're worried about some dead money carrying over to 2024 when they may no. need, they may not even have a job next year. Correct. You can't plan for next year when you don't know if you're going to be there yourself. Right. You're trying to win football games. That's the bottom line. You're trying to win games right now to preserve your job so you can come back next year. Right. And and I saw some other folks talking about, well, it doesn't matter. Just stick with O'Connell because we're going to lose anyway. I don't understand that. I get it. Listen, the Raiders will be in a position in the first round to get a good draft pick, and they have to. I, by the way, yesterday, Vinny Bonsignor and the RJ wrote a great piece about how this team has to get a quarterback. I mean, um, duh. It, it was... <laughs> I mean, a lot of us have been saying, including fans, have been saying for two and a half years that you need a quarterback. So, but what's the water under the bridge? So you have to go get a quarterback. Oh, but you need an offensive line. You need, and you do. You win in the trenches too. But this league, if you saw yesterday, yesterday was a perfect example. I mean, as we record this on Monday, Sunday's game, if you look at it, if you had any kind of quarterback play, you win that game. Plain and simple. Aiden O'Connell held the ball too long. We're going to get into him in the next in the next uh, segment. But I, again, I, I, I. Antonio Pierce isn't blaming anybody. He's not blaming his offensive coordinator. And some of you will say, well, that's he's not going to get up there and say that. No, but Josh McDaniels deflected it the whole time he was there. So that yeah. tells you Antonio Pierce knows. He knows exactly. And look, watching Coach Pierce during the games, good dude. I mean, he tried to fire up his thing. He This whole got to start the second half like it's the first half. Well, you didn't do well in the first half either. And then they come out of the locker room six minutes before the start of the half even TV called it out and said, this is really weird. I've never seen this before. So I give Antonio Pierce a lot of credit for trying things. He's trying to mm -hmm. get this unit to think differently, do things differently. You got to give him credit for that. At the same time, it's just not working. And don't talk to me about player. Players want him. They want him so bad that they couldn't score a point on Sunday. Like they couldn't execute. They looked like they all just rolled out of bed like I did before recording this show. Right. So you don't all that feel good. Ooh, let's put a blanket out and get some cocoa. It's not going to work. It's about wins and losses in the NFL. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. 
Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Mm-hmm. It's about results. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, like I said, I, I'm not going to, I don't want to turn this into an Antonio Pierce. This is not an Antonio Pierce bashing, bashing no. session. I want to make that clear. Nope. Because I give Antonio Chris, as you said, for trying something different. As you said, the broadcast pointed out that the Raiders came out early at a halftime. And it's clear that Antonio Pierce was trying to spark something in his team. They also showed Antonio Pierce gather around the players where he was giving an emotion, a motivational, emotional speech. And and trust me, that stuff carries in the locker room. It strikes a chord with some players. It does, but it's not everything. And and it, it, as you said, it boils down to wins and losses and game planning. Murph talked about X's and O's, and now coaches know X's and O's. You better know X's and O's if you're a coach in the NFL. Because that's what it's going to come down to. When you're game planning against Andy Reid, against Sean Payton, against Kyle Shanahan, you better be able to know what to do when they have their game plan out there, how to counter, because you're playing checkers while they're playing chess if you don't. So the motivational speeches – sorry, Scott, but the motivational speeches and the vibes are great. It changed the locker room. It it uplifted the vibe of the locker room, and that took the Raiders to two immediate wins, which is fine. But after that, where do they go from there in it? And it's plateaued and in some sorts regressed for them. Correct. Yeah. I mean, especially with the offense. But but you look at that and you say, listen, um, if you don't win, that's, I mean, it's about wins and losses. We just said that over and over again. But at the same time, I will tell you, the people who I've talked to who say, well, but they've been competitive. Look at the scores of the game. Are you not watching the same games? Because it doesn't matter if the score is close. And by the way, they lost... The Chiefs put 31 up on the Raiders. Okay, then you go back to the Miami game. Well, we stayed close to Miami. You stayed close to. It doesn't matter. You have to be able to finish. Your offense couldn't move the ball, couldn't score. Still can't score. So that, it's not it's not like they're losing games like you saw yesterday in Baltimore. Now there's the Rams. The Rams aren't very good either, but the Rams pushed the Baltimore Ravens into overtime and they lost on a kickoff return. That's the if the Raiders were doing that mo, that's a very different kind of losing. Do you agree with me on that? You see the nuance there? Yes, because the Rams are actually scoring points. <laughs> they don't look inept on offense. Now right. they have a an, they have an offensive mind as the head coach of Sean McVay, but sure. it kind of underlines my point that this is why you open up the head coaching search because what if the Raiders had a head coach who's also an offensive play caller? He could change things on the fly. He would have more leverage in changing things on the fly because he's an offensive mind, whereas Antonio Pierce, very limited in his offensive knowledge and game planning, I'm guessing. So then it's more on Bo Hardigree. And that's my point about hiring the best candidate. In this situation against the Vikings, don't you wish the Raiders had an offensive mind as a head coach? Because then, again, he could make changes on the fly, as Aiden O'Connell did going to Nick Mullins. Whereas Antonio Pierce maybe slow to change as a defensive-minded coach who's a, who was a linebacker's coach. So, again, it goes mm. back to my idea that this is why we don't give people jobs with a four-game sample size. This is why we don't give people jobs after going 2-0. and You wait till the season plays out, and you see the results, and then you make the best decision among the candidates who want the job. I don't think it should be any more simple than that. Mo, what do you say if, if someone came up to you and said, hey, Mo, just give them a good offensive coordinator. One of the, go get one of the bright young minds out there to be the offensive coordinator and let him be head coach. 
to that, I say, do you understand that if your offensive coordinator is good, he's going to have to have a revolving door at OC every two to three years. The other thing is, why are we giving Antonio Pierce the job <laughs> when we should be interviewing people and getting the ideas of other candidates who are or are play callers themselves? Why are we putting Antonio? Now, he's got the job for now. But just giving him the job and say, oh, he just needs an OC. We don't know that. We don't we, we don't know that. And that's why you open up the head coaching search and you cast a wide net to see who the best candidates are. Because if Antonio Pierce hires a guy and he's no good, then what? Yeah. Then what? Then you're going to have to go through another cycle of hiring again. And that's why I say this is why I, I understand the people who say hire a head coach who's also got some offensive play calling background. Because then, like the Philadelphia Eagles, I know they're struggling right now. Because then, even if you lose your O.C., your head coach has some knowledge to keep that offense steady versus being at the mercy of an OC that you may not that may not have a long track record. Yeah, to close out this segment, the discussion on on Coach Pierce, I, I, when I was talking to Murph on Sunday night too, I, I brought up this point, which was because Murph said something and it really caught my ear, which was about hey, he's learning, and you know he had this conference call with Tom Coughlin and Marvin Lewis, and I forgot who the third coach was. Oh, Adam Gase. Adam Gase. So, so he has a call. He, he, they were involved in team meetings. And I saw it kind of written as a positive. I did not look at it as a positive. I know Tom Coughlin is a mentor to him. And like I, that's great. And we all have mentor. Mentorship is massive. You know this, Mo. You do it for young writers, the whole thing. But when you're talking about game planning and running a team, you got to be able to do that yourself. You have to be able to take charge of it. I know we've said that over and over again, this segment, but that's the trouble I see too, is I don't see, I saw in the field, I saw the raw, raw speech was just great. I saw the coming out from halftime. Great. Tried new stuff. But what I didn't see was I, I, I did not see a coach on the sideline who situationally seemed to be plugged in again. It's just, it's just because you haven't done it before. He was not a coordinator before he was a linebackers coach. If this was Patrick Graham, who doesn't have a ton of experience either, by the way, only a few years as a DC, you could understand it. Lastly, offensive core, just bring in an offensive coordinator. You're assuming that one of the hottest offensive coordinators in the league wants to come work for Antonio Pierce. We don't know that. Antonio Pierce has his relationships, I'm sure. But when you're talking about, does an offensive coordinator want to go to a team that's piecing together a coaching staff where he doesn't have a quarterback yet, yeah, it, head coaching jobs are different than coordinator jobs, right? So head coaching job in the NFL, there's only 32 of them. Offensive coordinators, yeah, same thing. But as you said, they move around, especially if you're hot. So people are assuming that you can just go out and get the best offensive coordinator, and that's going to help Antonio Pierce be a successful head coach. And that, I think, belies the whole point of what a head coach does as CEO on the field and how he's got to be tapped into everything going on. Newsflash, Ben Johnson ain't going to be the OC under Antonio Pierce. He's going to go for a coaching job. So, right. and that, that's, Frank Smith, that's the under all the candidates. Right. That's the underlying your point is that you, I think people just assume that you could just snatch a, a quality offensive coordinator up and, and he'll go on board and be with it when he can get a head coaching job. It, it just doesn't work like that. And that goes back to my point about, go ahead, Scott. No, or relationships. Like, so, so again, if I'm looking at it, for example, they're going to have a new staff in Carolina. And you can say what you want about Bryce Young, but you have Bryce Young. 
So if I'm an offensive coordinator and I'm looking to get my first OC job, which is my step to be a head coach, do I want to go there or do I want to go somewhere like the Bears, if they have a new staff who Justin Fields, yeah, he's been up and down and people aren't convinced or whatever, but if they commit to him or if they get a new quarterback, I'm going to go there because now, hey, I'll have Caleb Williams or I have Drake May. Yeah, I'm going there versus the Raiders have Aiden O'Connell at this point. So now I know they could draft somebody too, but my point is you, you, the job for an offensive coordinator is not as appealing as it is for a head coach at this point with the Raiders because I, your relationship with the head coach also matters. Now, maybe Antonio Pierce knows some whiz kid offensive coordinator somewhere. I don't know. I, I'm just, he was a position coach. He wasn't a coordinator where he had to put together a staff, and that's another big issue. So anyway, that's right. Did you have something to say before we go to break, Mo? Yeah, I was going to just put out one scenario for Raider fans listening to us out there. Would you rather have a head coach who hires a new face, a f- fresh new blood at, at, as an offensive coordinator, or would you rather have a head coach who has an offensive coordinator or offensive play calling background who hires an offensive coordinator? That mm-hmm. way, if you lose, again, if you lose, that goes back to my point, if you lose your offensive coordinator, you still have your head coach who has that play calling experience. If your offensive coordinator stinks, your head coach can always just take over. If you keep Antonio Pierce and your offensive coordinator stinks, guess what? You're stuck with Antonio Pierce who doesn't call plays offensively and an offensive coordinator who stinks. So yes. that's my point is that you want to cover all your bases because the Raiders have to get this right. They're going to draft the quarterback, so it's very important that they get an offensive play caller who's pretty good because they're going to have – look at Bryce Young Carolina. People are already saying the Panthers are ruining Bryce Young because of the operation they put together. So assuming the Raiders are going to draft a quarterback early in the draft, and they are, trust me. I'm not sourcing that, but it's pretty obvious they should. <laughs> they better get the offensive play calling position right. You cannot take chances with that if you're grooming a young quarterback. Yes. All right. We went long on this segment, but that's okay. We had a lot to say. We're going to take our first break here on Silver and Black today in Odyssey Original Podcast. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Aiden O'Connell. We're going to talk about the quarterback who did not have a good day on Sunday, but we'll talk about his future. And Mo and I will again educate you guys on the fact that the NFL has changed. It's not 1990. And pocket passers, sorry folks, pocket passers who are statues are not going to help you win in the NFL anymore. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. We'll talk to you about that when we come back here on Silver and Black today. Don't go anywhere. 